0: Good morning, church. Once again, I just want to thank everybody for just coming. Um, for those of you that were able to be here for um, our Sunday school, I um, know it was a little bit short, but um, you know I hope it's going to be you know a topic that truly speaks to us. We were able to talk about you know um, you know the topic of relationship versus religion, and you know for those of you that haven't been able to be there, I encourage you guys um, you know to be there next time. You know as um, I'll study, uh, you know and I pray that God will be able to be a blessing to you as it's been a blessing to me just uh, reading through the book of. Um, Real Christianity by Carrie Schmidt, and uh, that's something that I've been just um, chewing on for now and as well as um, the book Gentle and Lowly that uh, Pastor has given to you guys too. So I um, just want to thank you guys for just the opportunity as well as Pastor. I know he's not here. You know, we ought to uh, pray for him as he's on his trip. Um, but every single time, you know, I really just enjoy being able to... Um, the day before I preach, I'm always just like, man, like, God, what, what are you going to have for me? Or, you know, the message that I have, God, is this really what you have for me? And I just have that time with God. And sometimes, you know, just having that intimate relationship with him, just, you know, time of confession, you know, just time of just letting God speak to me. Um, you know, I'm so thankful that um, God's really put people in my life that invested so much into me. Um, you know, I wouldn't be where I'm at here were it not for my parents, were it not for, you know, the spiritual leaders in my life that God has put uh, for me at college, you know, and as well as here in the church. So, once again, I thank you, church, for just your kindness for uh, uh, to us, your warm welcomes. You know, I, I'll, I'll say that every single time just because I mean it. You know, I truly feel the genuine love from this church. You know, I, I feel that warm spirit here where it's like I've known you guys for years, but it's like I've, I haven't been here as much as I would like to, you know, because I'm at school. But... Every single time I come, it's like I never left. So uh, thank you so much, church. And um, today I'll just, once again, be preaching uh, not too long of a message, but it's a very familiar message that we've all heard. Um, if you have your Bibles this morning, would you turn to the book of Luke chapter 15? Luke chapter 15, we'll begin at, we'll begin at verse number 11, and then we'll just go from there. So Luke chapter 15, verses um, 11, 11. And then we'll probably read from verses 11 through 13. Uh, But here the Bible says, And he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the young son gathered all together, and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. Let's start off with a quick word of prayer. Uh, Heavenly Father, God, I just want to thank you for this day, Lord, and thank you for just um, everybody being able to make it here safely. Um, God, I pray that you would just please um, empty me myself, Lord, and fill me with the Spirit, God, and Uh, Lord, you know my heart, and I pray that you would just please um, help me not to say my words, Lord, but rather preach your word, Lord, and nothing but your word. I pray that you would just please um, open up the hearts of the people, God. May we learn something today. Um, God, may you just give traveling mercy to everyone, Lord, as we go back home, Lord, and uh, give us safe travels and protection. And, Lord, just help us to have a great rest of the day, Lord, and just to remember what you've done for us on the cross, Lord, and to ponder upon that. Uh, So we thank you so much for this time, Lord, and we love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can I be honest with you church, I know that we're all human here. I know that we all struggle with this thing called forgiveness. And I know when I think about that word forgiveness, I'm going to be the first to confess I'm not the best at it. You know, I, I remember so many times when you have little dramas, right now I'm in college and being in college, it's kind of weird because it's like a mixture of taking a little bit step closer to adulthood, but at the same time it's more dramatic somehow than high school. That's my opinion. I just feel like being in Bible college and just everything. It's like, why is everybody so in their emotions? Like, you know, I'm I'm part of it too. But it's like, man, all these dating dramas over here. It's like, oh, this person just stopped talking, and you could tell when they stopped talking because you can see when they delete each other on each other's Instagram or delete each other on their Facebook. And next thing you know, you just see them walking by themselves, and you're like, I know what happened there. And you know, just like all the dramas going on, and. Um, Not even just situations with that, but just seeing how sometimes we get so consumed. It's like, I don't want to forgive this person because maybe, I don't know. I don't know what, you know, I struggle. We have different reasons as to why we struggle with forgiveness. You know, maybe my mom forgot my birthday. She did. (laughs) No, I'm just just kidding. But anyways, it's like um, instances where it's like, oh, I just, this person, man, if I could just get my hands on them, if I could just do this and... I just want to talk about, you know, not necessarily just the topic of forgiveness, but I want to kind of just revisit the cross today, church. Is that okay? Can I revisit the cross today? You know, I feel like for us Christians, yes, we believe that the world needs the gospel. Yes, definitely true. We know we ought to tell them, yes, about the death, burial, and resurrection, about how much Jesus Christ loves them. But how much do we remind ourselves of that? How many times do we remind ourselves of the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ in our life? Because I feel like once we ponder upon that every single day, that's going to be our motivation with not just forgiveness, but our everyday life with people, with patience, with forgiveness, with love. And here today I want to talk about a parable that many of us have heard a lot of times, is the parable of the two sons. And here as we are looking into the parable, it talks about how The the man had two sons, and the younger of them was so impatient for for his father to pass away, he wanted his portion of the goods, he wanted his money from his will. So he was saying, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And sure enough, you know, what could the father do? And and the Bible says that he divided unto them his living. But think about how in not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, in verse number 14, and when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land and he began to be in want. Isn't it kind of crazy when you think about how fast money goes? I mean, we could testify with the gas prices. (laughs) I remember so many times I'd put uh, gas and I'm like, man, it's already going down. I've got to spend all that money. But I think about how his father here, he was a very wealthy man. And to think that, the Bible says, and not many days after, he wasted all of it with riotous living. I mean, you could imagine having a portion of goods. I don't know what you guys would do if you had a million dollars in the bank. Personally, I don't even know what I would do. I'd probably spend it all on junk food, get bloated. <laughs> but I'm just being honest. But thinking about that is, So many times we we just allow ourselves to go into a far country in ourselves and we waste our lives with righteous living. But not only that, here it says when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land and he began to be in want or he began to be in need. By the way, this is kind of off track, but aren't you thankful that we never lack with God? Aren't you thankful that so many times whenever we're in need, we never have to worry about tomorrow because God is in our tomorrows. I was talking to my mom about this. I forgot the verse, don't, don't crucify me for not uh, saying it perfectly, but when it talks about how if God could take care of the flowers and the birds and such, how much more us? That's the God that we serve, but thinking about that, God will always be there to provide for us in what we need. But going back to the text, and here it says, when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And here it says in verse number 15, And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him to the fields to feed swine. Notice how when the son was with the father, he had everything that he needed. He didn't lack he literally had every single thing. His father was wealthy. He, he, the Bible says he didn't, he'd wanted his own portion of goods because of his own uh, selfish thing. But when he had spent all and chose to run away from his father and say, you know what, I want to live my own type of life. Let me just take my portion of goods. Let me go to my own far country. And there the Bible says he wasted it all and not many days after living a riotous life. Other words for riotous would be shamelessly immoral extremely wasteful, unrestrained. But thinking about how the moment he decided to ditch all of that just for what he wanted for that split second, just for a couple days of having fun, he lacked. He began to be in want. So much to the point where he was driven to a citizen of that country, he became a worker for that man, and the man sent him to go feed the swine in the fields. But think about this. In verse number uh, 16, sorry, and the Bible says, and he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. How many of you have been so hungry that you're just like, let me just look in the fridge real quick. Sometimes you have to kind of go back to the fridge because whatever reason, the next time you check, you feel like something's going to pop up, but it doesn't. So you, you go back to your fridge, and you're like, you're so hungry, and maybe that, that, that piece of old, you know, leftovers that you thought was gross, maybe it looked kind of good in that moment because you were kind of hungry, and you would just grab all of it and just munch and munch and munch, and you're just like feeling satisfied because you're like, man, I can finally satisfy that hunger. But here, he, the Bible says he would willingly, as the word feign says, willingly have filled himself with whatever the pigs would eat. I wish I had a picture to show you guys, but if you guys could see what the pigs would eat, they would eat scraps. They would eat literal anything. You know, what happens is I've seen farmers personally where they would have like the little section where the pigs uh, would eat. They would literally just dump all the leftovers, maybe leftover apples, bananas, foods, and just it's sometimes even rotten. And you would just see all this mush. And to us, that's disgusting, right? But the pigs, they're feasting on that. They're like, man, this is that good stuff. But thinking about in his perspective. He would willingly, because that's how much he was hungry. That's how, that's how much he was lacking. But man, to pick all of that stuff, not too long ago, you were just with your father. You were having the best life you could ever imagine. You, you didn't lack, you, you had food on the table, you had your family. But because we chose that righteous living, the man chose that righteous living, man, you could really see the negative impact. You could really see the switch of events especially with the moment when we choose to live our own life other than what God has for us. By the way, I'm not trying to hate on anybody, but we've been through that area where we're like, man, maybe what God wants for me, is that the best? What, what about that? What about that one thing? I know I can, I can rest on that thing. I know, I know I always take enjoyment there. So sometimes we just kind of step away from God and say, I want this thing. How many times when you've chosen that thing over God, you're just like, I messed up. God, you were right. Lord, that thing that you wanted to keep me from, I didn't understand before. Especially for us, you know, us ups, we can, we, can, uh, we can testify when our parents are like, you know, don't touch that hot stove. And you're just like, let me touch the hot stove. And then boom, you get burnt. And you're just like, they were right. You know, all the things that they were keeping you from, you're just like, oh, why were they trying to do that to us? Man, Or my lame parents, and you're just getting older, and you realize, it was there to protect me. And so many times God's like, hey, I want the best for you, but you choose this thing over me, but I want to protect you from all these kind of things, yet you think what you want is better. And it's just so crazy to think how, looking back at the text, and he was saying, he would willingly eat and have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And as we go through the events, look here in number 17 when he says, And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father have bread and enough to even spare? And I perish with hunger. Here he's going through a time of reflection where he's like, Man, I really messed up. And he's looking back to what he had right before he left his family and his father. And he's like, Man, all my father and his servants, they have everything that they need. They have bread, even enough to spare, and here I am perishing with hunger. And he's just going through that time of reflection and that realization, and notice not only that, it leads to him having the heart of repentance. Here it says in verse number 18, I will arise and go to my Father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy. To be called thy son, make me as one of thy hired servants. It's kind of crazy to think about. He was driven so low to the point of rock bottom, where he was willing to go back to his father just as a servant, not even wanting to claim the title of his son. But he was like, I'm just gonna come back and I want to apologize to my dad. But I just, even if he'll take me just as a servant, I'm willing to. And when he was going through that time of reflection, you can imagine how much pain and agony he was going through, just having that heart of like, man, what did I do? So the Bible says in verse number 20, and he arose and came to his father. And I say this many times, but this is my favorite part of the text. And he arose and came to his father. And look at this. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him. And had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Let's kind of have a little imagery in our head right now. When that prodigal son was going through all that trauma of what he just did, let's think of, let's go and I go backtrack a little bit, right? Had everything that he wanted. He was living the life, you know, with his wealthy family, but he chose to live that riotous life and chose to ditch his family. And then there, boom, wasted his life with riotous living, right? going through all that time, willingly eating with the husks uh, that the swine did eat. Finally coming to that that decision, man, I need to go back to my father even as a hired servant. But when he was yet a great way off, when he was on his way to see his father, church, when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him. What does that mean? He was not even close yet to where his father was. He was still on his way, journeying, trying to go, you know, probably pondering how I'm going to apologize to him, you know, how, Dad, maybe I'm sorry because I did this, trying to figure out how he's going to apologize formally and just to try to beg him to be a servant to him. Yet, so far away, his father was there, waiting for him, waiting for him to return. You can imagine, I don't know how long it took for him to choose to come back. I don't know how long the father was waiting for him to return. But if he was right there in that instant moment, I would imagine his father was waiting for him every single day to return. Probably not even missing one second of the day. You know, probably just going out the daytime, looking for his son, probably with tears in his eyes. Man, I miss my son. I wish he would come back. Probably who knows how long he was waiting for maybe day day breaks the moon comes up and he's like maybe next time walks back next day is my son out there where's my son i miss him if he would just come back next day who knows how long it was but the beautiful picture of the sun coming back to reach his father sorry He ran and fell on his neck. The Bible says he had compassion. That's the God that we serve. That's the God that you and I serve. When we mess up, God doesn't come at us in an angry manner saying, where were you? This whole time I've been waiting for you. You think I'm going to just accept you? Get away from me. You're not my son anymore. That's not the God that we serve, church. The God that we serve is always waiting for us. The Bible says, "But God commended His love toward us in that what, while we were yet sinners, while we were yet sinners, Church, Christ died for you and for me." That's how great His love is for us, as the Bible says, "Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends." You know, I think about how much do you love your family. When you love your family, you want to protect them, even to the point where even if it costs your life. Why? Because that's your family. You love them. But when you think about it in our relationship with God, so many times you're like, I messed up. God, I can't. Lord, you can't take me back, Lord. God, I've, I've gone so far from you. God, I can't, you can't accept me. Lord, I've, I've looked at this. God, I've, I've chosen so many things before you, God. Lord, I chose money over you. God, I chose this career over you. You don't want me back you're wrong. The moment you realize how much you need God in your life, that's when he's there like, come unto me with open arms. God doesn't come at us with a pointing finger, but he comes at us with open arms. Child, come home. I've been waiting for you. And notice how it says in that text, and he had compassion and ran. He didn't just say, oh, that's my son walking toward him. No, He ran. And he fell on his neck and kissed him. And by the way, if you think about it in Bible times, it wasn't easy for them to run. The men didn't have the sports jogger, you know, Adidas Nike pants that we would wear (laughs) if we are running, going for a jog, or Brother Mike's, uh, you know, his uh, rock gear when he's trying to flex all the time. But they had robes back in the day you know, for him to, to run, you know, probably he had to lift up his rope a little bit. And back then, they would consider it, you know, a little shameful for you to show your legs. But he was so excited to see his son, he probably picked up his rope and he was running to see his son. That's how excited he was. Let's get that imagery a little bit of, man, the love that his father had for him to just return in that, that split moment and to say, my child. And here the Bible says, Uh, Let's look at verse number 20 one more time. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. He was driven to the point where he's like, Dad, don't even call me a son. Don't even look at me as a son. I'm not worthy to be your son. I messed up so much. I, decide, I, I literally wished death upon you in a sense where I wanted my money over you in my life. But look how it says in verse number 22. But the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Hey, hey, hey bring, the, the, bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry for this my son was dead and is found. My, this my son was dead and is alive again. He, he was lost and is found and they began to be merry. <sighs> Let's ponder on that a little bit. How many of us have messed up before God? I have. I'm not proud of it but I have. I've realized how much I need God in my life. I've realized how much I lack without God. And so many times I'm just like, man, God, do you really forgive me? By the way, church, there's no greater sin, greater than the power of Jesus Christ and his love and his blood on that cross. There's nothing too great. But that moment you decide, man, I want to get it right with God. Man, I want to have that heart. Lord, I want your forgiveness in my life. That's when he's like... That's my child. There you are. Come home. How many of us are struggling with that today? Maybe there's a sin in our life where we're thinking, man, God, it's too late. God, it's too late. You can't forgive someone like me. Hey, remember Apostle Paul? Remember the man that persecuted Christians? Remember the man that really was a threat to the church but became such a great man that led so many people to Christ? God can forgive us. Remember David? Remember the man that committed adultery? Remember the man that murdered? Yet he was known as the friend of God, a man after God's own heart. When God looks at us, what does he think? What are we struggling with today, church? Church? Are we in a far country ourselves? Do we think we're too far to go back to God? May I remind you, let's look at the cross today. The world needs the, the gospel, yes. They need to hear it. But sometimes we need to preach it to ourselves again. Because so many times, without the gospel, we just think on our own thoughts. I can't forgive this person. What they've done to me, no way, not a chance. But when you think about it in a biblical perspective, I can't have patience for this person. This person at Macy's giving me a hard time at the cash register? Get this kid out of here. No, but thinking about that, it's like when you think about God, we don't deserve forgiveness ourselves. All the things that I've done to God, how could he even want to forgive me? That's how great is love his love is. His patience for me, that's unimaginable. That's only something that God can do. By the way, church, I know that we're all human. I know that we struggle. My point is here, let's make the gospel something more important in our life again. Let's make ourselves sensitive to what it means to Jesus Christ dying on the cross for you and for me. We don't deserve it. Yet with all of our sins, God still willingly went upon the cross and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Taking the nails for you and for me And he willingly did it thinking about you and thinking about me. And he cried, it is finished. And he rose again the third day and defeated death so that you and I, imperfect beings who've sinned against God, who fail him every single day, he still wants to be with you and me. Man, that's the God that we serve. So if you find yourselves in a, in a far country this morning, church, can I invite you? Come home. Come home to God. Because that tyranny God that people think that God is, no, that's not Him. He wants to work in your life more than you think. He loves you more than you think. His love is beyond our comprehension. So many times in our human life, our, our, our love is based on, you know, uh, we have limits to it, you know. We, have, we base it on sometimes, oh, I love this person, yes, but the fact that God's unconditional love with all of us, especially with the whole world, I mean, for God so loved the whole world, right, that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Man, you can only sit in awe. So church, what's bothering you today? What's hindering your relationship with God? He's already inviting us with open arms, but we have to make that decision, just like the prodigal son here. In his pride, he could have stayed in that far country. He could have stayed there away from his father and saying, I can't face him. You know, I don't want him to look at me as if he was right. I'm just going to stay here, work for this citizen in that country, and just keep living this life. Sure, it's hard, but my pride is too big. Do we have that kind of attitude? I know I've had that. But the moment we have to choose to decide to come to God with a heart of saying, God, I know I've messed up a lot of times. But Lord, if, the Bible says, if, if what you say is true in the Bible, which I believe it is, and you're willing to accept me with open arms, God, I want to come to you. Lord, I want to be invited by your open arms. God, I want to know what it means to have that forgiveness and that joy restored back into my life. As the Bible says, restore. We need to restore that joy of salvation. Because by the way, the cool thing about salvation, church, it's eternal. We can't lose it. The Bible says we are sealed until the day of redemption. Man, isn't the Christian life great? You know, people sometimes think the Christian life is a chore. No, it's not. Because the more you understand the heart of God, the more you understand the God that loves you and me, the more you understand how much sacrifice he puts to being able to have that fellowship with us so that one day we can look forward to being with him in heaven and forever and ever. And the Bible says that he will wipe away every tear and we will rejoice with the Lord forevermore. Man, all this singing we get to, by the way, church, I think about how what we have here as the church, it's a glimpse of heaven. Because if you think about it, we're with the brethren, the fellowship of the brethren. We're being able to praise the Lord every single day of our lives. And guess what? We get to do it for eternity. And what, what most of all about heaven is we get to see our, our Savior face to face. I can't wait to see him. I don't know about you, but I want to give him a hug. Probably try to squeeze him as hard as I can, but God's probably going to be like, yeah, get off of me. But it's gonna be a, it's gonna, I just want to give him a hug and be like, God, thank you so much. Let's not live a life where we we feel. I I know, church, that we go through all the struggles nowadays of looking at the news and negativity. You know, it's so easy to get discouraged, but church, let's not ponder upon those things. We should be knowledgeable about it, yes, but let's not live a life of defeat. We're we're saved. And there's people in the world that need to hear the gospel. They need to hear that God loves them too, not just us, but even all the people that aren't saved. God wants them to be saved. He wants them to experience the joy of what it means to have that forgiveness. Because sometimes they don't know that. They think they're too far gone. They think that it's too late for them to serve, to serve God. I've, I've met a lot of people in my life where they would tell me, JV, I've done a lot of things in my life. It's too far. But you're just thinking, no, it's not. As long as we have breath on this earth, we can live it for God. As long as we have time here. By the way, we don't have all the time. The Bible says we're not promised tomorrow. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what the day may bring forth. When I think about how the Bible says, "What is your life? It is a vapor that appears for a little time, that vanisheth away." We have a duty to do. But first, church, we need to decide for ourselves: Are we going to come home? So, with that being said, I encourage you, please, please, don't go out here, knowing that you haven't fixed your relationship with God if there's something in your life right now that is bothering you or hindering your relationship, I'm not a perfect guy. I have my struggles. But we have a perfect God. And he's inviting us with open arms. Let's make that decision today. Let's come home. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we just want to thank you for this day, Lord. Thank you so much for just... Um,